This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. issue for all women. Alright you bunch of smashers, Mickey Noonan here. Welcome to the Standard Issue Gigcast. In this episode, me and Hannah had a blinding natter with comedian Lou Conran and actor Julie Hesmondalsh. We talked about all sorts of stuff, including grief, Lou's tits, and what you should never make a child wear on a badge. This episode was recorded in front of a live audience at the Lowry in Salford. That's right, up north. In fact, there are no more London gigs until September now. Instead, they are very up north indeed. We're heading to the Edinburgh Festival in August for a couple of in-conversations on August the 12th and the 13th at The Stand. They feature Lucy Porter, Aisha Hazarika, Sharon Rooney, Louisa Romilan, Janine Garofalo and Sue Pollard. Yeah, I know. We've also got a couple of killer stand-up gigs, one on August the 13th and one on the 14th, with Hayley Ellis, Kate McCabe, Sindhu V, Laura Lex, Olga Koch, Zoe Lyons, Sally Ann Haywood, Joe Caulfield, Jen Brister, Evelyn Mock, Lou Conran and Sarah Barron. That is a crazy good lineup of lineups we've got for you. Ticket information is, as ever, available from the Standard Issue section of Sarah's website, which you will find at sarahmillican.co.uk forward slash standard hyphen issue. A little bit of admin. Please do remember to rate, review and subscribe to all of our podcasts on iTunes. And if you enjoy what we do, it really helps us if you can spread that joy. Be that telling your pals or taking to the streets with a megaphone, either is absolutely fine with us. You can follow us at Standard Issue UK on Twitter and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Everything you hear coming up is just our opinions, so please don't get your knickers in a twist. Instead, enjoy the show. It was cracking. Welcome to the Standard Issue Podcast. (laughs) You guys can stay for an hour, then you have to leave. Someone's eating something and I really want to know what it is. Fuck you. (laughs) Sorry. Shall we start? Yeah. Well, we usually start with just a quick introduction of who we are. So, our names, what we do, and then a fun fact about ourselves, um, which we do every time. And yeah, I thought my life was interesting, but it turns out it's probably got a maximum of 50 fun facts. And I've massively <laughs> run out. I've got. So, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for you, Lou. <laughs> so, I'm Hannah Donlevy. I am one of the standard issue podcast team, writers, directors, producers whatever you want to call it. And the first time I met Lou Comran, she had a T-shirt over her head. Did I? Yeah. What was I doing? I, I met you tits first. Of course you did. 
Do you know that's that's not unusual for me? I really like to wang them out at strangers. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I've worn a long yeah. top today. To You'll be playing Denise myself. Welch in, in today's loose women lineup. Blimey, yeah. What was I doing? Um, you, you were pushing were... them up against a window. Yeah. Like... Oh, I was. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it. I'm just saying okay. it was the first time I'd met you, <laughs> Julie. Oh, well, full of that. Um, I'm Julie Hesmond-Dalsh, and um, I'm a Manchester-based actor, and um, I have a tattoo of a red rose on my tummy uh, that, after having a child, is now a tattoo of a red rhododendron on my tummy. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I really want to see it. <laughs> Not now. <laughs> <laughs> See, first time I met Julie, she had a t shirt <laughs> and a gardener ferreting about. <laughs> oh, Conran. Uh, thank you. Uh, I'm Lou Conran. I'm a writer and a comedian. I've currently got really, really sweaty feet and I want to take my trainers off, but yesterday I got a bit pissed. No, I can't. I really I picked my toenails yesterday and they're a bit jaggedy and they're not, they don't represent me very well. <laughs> Or do they represent you perfectly? Oh, fuck it. I'll just take them off, shall I? Do you mind? I'm no. really sweaty. Oh, there we go. Look at that. Oh, fucking hell. It's like a car <laughs> crash. <laughs> no, I'm just doing that. I'm just, I'm just hiding my trotters so that I don't have to... Or oh, they've sweat patches on the floor. Look at them. Look at them. <laughs> oh. oh fuck it <laughs> and for all the listeners who can't actually see this no visual shorts I'm Mickey Noonan I am part of the Standard Issue podcast team and I don't own an iron clearly but I also don't give a fuck <laughs> and I find that that is a winning combination that I can heartily recommend I don't own an iron but I do own an ironing board <laughs> And the only purpose the ironing board actually serves is to smash me in the face when I open the door <laughs> to turn the hot water on. That's the only thing it does. And every time I think, why do I keep you? Why do I keep you? But it's in case someone gives me an iron I and then I ever feel the need to iron anything. Yeah. I stupidly bought some, like, shorts that aren't just... You can't just hang them and they're fine. They've got, like, a little hem thing. And it was all, like, down the wrong way. So I just used... Bin them. Just used me straighteners. <gasps> staple them get a staple Staples. yeah yeah that's what I do staple scratchy. Uh, well when you wash them quite a lot it rusts and so and I quite enjoy the pain <laughs> should we ask a question yeah well we're on the theme of of age aren't we this evening so oh, we have some great. that's why you've got us in that's what <laughs> I didn't, didn't realise no that. I didn't no. either that should went, we go we're yeah, part of the festival um yeah um, ladies, so let's start off with what, what, what did you want to be when you grew up? Start with Julie. Um, well, I, I had quite an unusual childhood in that I uh, spent a lot of time watching Elvis films with my mum and old MGM musicals. So I had a part of my life that was totally sort of Doris Day glamour. And I recently found like an old a book that I had and I'd written in the front, I Fancy Myself As... Uh, <laughs> wow. Doris Day, Audrey Hepburn, Julie Andrews, and then in brackets, when young. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I had a, a brother and have a brother who's seven years older than me who um, was a punk. So I had these, these sort of two things running concurrently, which I, I still feel 
sits within me now. So so part of me always wanted the kind of glamorous show business. I mean, not the kind of like miserable parts that I play now, but, but I wanted to be a Hollywood movie star like Doris Day. Um, but also this thing of like... Um, I don't know, social change. So I always thought that I should do something like be a social worker, a probation officer, or go into politics or something like that. So so one of those two things. So I, I think those two things were always in me, and it was just which way I'd go. I just wanted to be a sweet shop lady. <laughs> That's all I ever wanted to do, because I, I was allergic to e-numbers when I was younger. And all I, I know, what a surprise. And I used to um, go to the local shop and just buy a bag of a quart, quart of cola cubes which is like drugs in it yeah man give me a quart of cola cubes <laughs> and I used to get off my tits and I just thought this is amazing <laughs> so I just thought if I could do this all the time oh my god I'd be happy as Larry you'd have no profit though you'd just be eating all the profit well there is that <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be a princess no <laughs> <laughs> no I fucking didn't I wanted to be a cat and then I wanted to be a man for a bit because I seem to have it better. Yeah. And then just a, a writer or a lawyer. And my mum said I wasn't tough enough to be a journalist or a lawyer. Oh. But she didn't count on the arts. Fuck you, mum. Fluffy arts journalist. Hooray. <laughs> Hannah? Um, well, I can remember briefly wanting to work. There was, the, there was a supermarket where I came, come from, Newport Pagnell, and it was called The International, which was like, against the trade descriptions because there was nothing <laughs> international about it. And it had a cheese counter, like the old-fashioned cheese counter, not like the one at Sainsbury's. Well, I suppose a little bit like the one you get at Sainsbury's now. And I always thought that looked a little bit cool because the cheese, for cheese. start, cheese is immense. And also it looks a bit dangerous because it had that wire <laughs> thing. And that looked a bit like, ooh. I, I did actually find a book, though, like you say, not so long ago. My parents turned up, well, my mum turned up with a box that she found in the loft to see if I wanted it. Like, I hadn't had it for 40-odd years, but I might want it now. And in it was uh, a, a book of my thoughts, which was a terrifying <laughs> thing. And I hope my sister never sees uh, and in that, in that, I had decided that I'd been in hospital, I'd had an operation, and I decided that I would make an excellent nurse. And I just, just like, talk about lack of self-awareness. I mean, really, I am the <laughs> least sympathetic or helpful person ever. But, yeah, so Can briefly Can you give us an example of your bedside manner, Hannah? Um, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there... Yeah. <laughs> people, people, I did grief cast. You've done grief cast, haven't you? Yeah. I did grief cast recently, and um, I don't know if you know about this. It's really good. It won three podcast awards last night, Carrie Ad Lloyd, and, um, in which I talked about when my dad died while my mum had breast cancer. And somebody sent me a message and said, have you got any words of support for me? And I said to Mick, I think they've come to the wrong person. <laughs> so I just didn't reply. That's my best idea. <laughs> I just didn't reply. <laughs> It seems safer. <laughs> Did you have any strong female role models when you were growing up? <sighs> Do you know, the one for me was always and probably always will be Victoria Wood. And I, oh, wouldn't she? Just amazing. And I used to collect all of, all of the books of her scripts and had all her videos and I used to watch all of her programmes and just... She was just amazing, and I met her once, and I just, um, you know, when you sometimes you get a bit sort of, <laughs> I don't know what to do, <laughs> and, I, and I met her, and she was um, really nervous um, and quite shy, and I didn't expect that, because I just thought, 
she's Victoria Wood, but she was really um, just beautiful and lovely. And I was a twat. Uh, and I, I had a, I'd got a photo of her, and um, I said, "Oh, I'm, I'm was it just her in her back garden." She yeah, take <laughs> me like, like, oh yeah, what does she wear on a Wednesday? All right. <laughs> and I got this photo of her, and I said, "Oh, would you mind signing my picture? I'm really sorry because I didn't want to be that wanker, uh, but I was." And uh, and she went, "Oh yeah, not a problem." And then um, she signed it in the really in a really dark bit of the photo and I went well I can't see that <laughs> you're gonna have to do it again so I've got this photo of her that she signed twice and I think well that's gonna be worth a bloody fortune <laughs> at some point but she was she's the one for me her and Julie Walters I think her and they're just oh yeah. legends I accidentally felt Victoria Wood up of course she did mate. yeah <laughs> um I was helping run the Chortle Awards quite a few years ago and she came in and as I took her coat I just grazed her left tip. Yeah, tell it to the judge. <laughs> You've done that a few times tonight. Oh, no, I've not. <laughs> I, I thought it was just me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did no one else hear the whispering that you really want me to do it? <laughs> in some sort of sticky patch here. Always get consent, guys. <laughs> and girls. Um, get it where you can. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> touch me. LAUGHTER <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> the other one feels left out now, so you'll have to do the other one. Julie can get that one. Go on then. <laughs> Again, it's a very visual show. Uh, <laughs> there, there is. A <laughs> that's, a, that's a lovely right breast. Thanks, mate. That's Barbara. <laughs> oh, that's Barbara, and that's Elaine. Barbara is very direct. She'll be looking directly at you, madam. <laughs> Elaine, more interested in what she's looking at <laughs> now. Is this, is this some kind of? Barbara I know them so well. I know them so well. Going on here. <laughs> yeah, I know them ever so well, Hannah. <laughs> I'm a very, very lonely woman. <laughs> anyway, Julie. Um, <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> did, you, did you have any strong female role models while you were growing up? Um, yeah, I did. My, my, my grandma was a single mum whose husband did a runner on her when she had two very young children. And so she brought up two young girls by herself. And she was a really, really cool woman. She was a tailoress which I didn't even know was a term, uh, but she used to sew sort of sequins onto rich ladies' dresses and stuff and sort of managed to bring up these two very fiery girls and she drove a moped and stuff. And she, she was completely deaf. She walked into, um, this, this sounds comical, but she, it's actually true, she walked into a lamppost in a blackout in the war and she was like, I know, I know, I know. But she was completely deaf and uh, became blind later on in life and lived in a council flat by herself with a budgie and was still like sewing and knitting. She was amazing and people would say to my mum oh I saw your mum downtown at lunchtime and my mum would be like oh because she was like blind and deaf and walking around town and she'd just pick up a stick when she got to a road and stick it out in front of her and just walk across and hope for the best it's absolutely amazing and my mum has carried on with that spirit my mum is somebody who knows her own mind who always brought me up not to take any crap off anybody but the, the perfect example of, of my mother's spirit is that I took her on a trip to the Vatican. She was brought up Catholic. I thought she'd love it. She thought we were right, pal, bullshit. She, she, weren't, <laughs> she weren't impressed at all. But with the, in the Vatican sort of vaults, there's all this amazing art. And the, and the 20th century room is full of these incredible sort of like these bacons and chagalls and everything. And I was looking at it, I'm just like, oh, this is amazing. I can't believe all this art's in here. And I felt my mum's presence come in behind me. And I, and I felt it before she even said anything. And she stood there and she had on this long leather coat. She like Tony Soprano. <laughs> and she like looked around all this incredible like 100 years of art and just went, nah. 
And I, I try and access some of that sometimes. I want some of my mum's spirit. I'm a bit too much like my dad of people pleasing, but yeah, she she was the one. She's brilliant. No, I, was, I was telling Mick a story yesterday. I went a couple of years ago. I was in Ro- Newport, Newport, Rhode Island, which is this place that in like new, famous people from New York and rich people used to go to holiday in. And there's all, and then they all got bored and decided to go somewhere else instead. So there's all these like ruined mansions, basically, just in this town full of ruined mansions. Of course, I was going to go and look at that. And I was with my dad, and he couldn't get the earphones on. And I was like, okay, so I'd done mine, and I took them down and pressed his. So, of course, he's like on about a 20-second delay from the point I'm listening at. And we go into this room that's really big and echoey, and it says, and if you look at the wallpaper, you, might, you can touch it. What, what, do you th- what do you think it's made of? The guy says, and you're like, I don't know. And he says, it's made of platinum. And I was like, oh, made of platinum. And I start to move forward, and I just hear this massive, fucking hell! <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that'll be my dad. <laughs> just, just effing and jeffing in the middle of the loud, echoey room. Yeah. Who was your strong female role? Yeah, my dad. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, actually, my, my auntie Tina, my mum's sister, is amazing. She, when we were, when I was growing up, like, everybody had a story about her. And they used to tell them in, like, a bad way. Like, this was a bad story. Like, she wanted to go to the Isle of Wight, Wight Festival. And my grandparents would let her go. So she was 15. She ran away and went there. And, like, came... And that's the one that was mad. That was the one that was completely insane. She's also the first woman in this country to hold a HGV licence. Yeah. yeah. And she's here tonight. <laughs> so, yeah, she was... She was pre- and these are things that kind of, like... People were like, oh, yeah. And then she went and got an HGV licence. When she found out nobody woman had one, she had to go and get one, didn't she? And I was like, yeah, she had to go and get one. <laughs> Too friggin' right. Yeah, my aunt's a pensioner. She could drive in a lorry. That's, That's amazing. Cool. It is cool, isn't it? So sounds yeah, like she, a recipe for disaster. Yeah, she is great. But I was also obsessed with Derry, Debbie Harry when I was growing up. Like, uh, I, in fact, I actually used to tell people I wanted to grow up to be her because I don't think I'd quite understood that. When that was, young, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when young, yeah, absolutely. Brackets. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't know. She's still no, Debbie Harry. Really sexy, like, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Maybe even now. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. But she, she, yeah, she has that life apparently, and I'm not allowed to have it. Oh. Oh, okay. yeah. It's not too late. No, <laughs> hatch a plan. <laughs> what about you? Um, I suppose mine's quite dull in that it is me mum and she was a single parent family in the 80s and there was just me and her and she was amazing and she took in the neighbours washing just to make enough money to pay the mortgage and stuff. But Anne is a very <laughs> contradictory character um, and I'm really hopeful that she never learns how to download a podcast because <laughs> she is a good 80% of my material. Thanks, Mum. But, yeah, so she's this really strong woman, but then she will be like, oh, Mick, the reason you've not got a boyfriend is because you don't act like you, you need one. And I'm like, no, I don't fucking need one. Um, and then she'll say really weird stuff. This is one of my favourite um, weird things that my mum said. I was seeing a gentleman, and he had stayed the night, and my mum phoned, and I said... Oh, Jed's just here. Do you mind? Oh, I should probably change the name, shouldn't I? <laughs> Fuck him, he was a dick. Jed's just here. <laughs> Do you mind if I call you back later? And she went, oh, did, did he come round for a cup of tea? And I was like, no, mum. All right, I'll speak to you later. So I phone her back. And I'm like, oh, she's like, oh, did... So have you and Jed taken it to the next level? I'm like, all right, if we're calling it that, um, sure. Okay, and she went, oh, was it... Was it violent? <laughs> and I went... So, so, sorry, what now? And she went, was it, you know, 
violent. And I went, I can only imagine you mean rough, and I really don't want to have this conversation. Oh. And she went, well, I might be in my 60s, but I still really love sex, and I want my daughter to be having a good time. <laughs> All right, Mum, how are the cats? <laughs> Sorry, I'm going through a tunnel. <laughs> I once came down um, uh, into the kitchen to overhear my mum having a chat with a friend of mine about what she thought the size of my then boyfriend's penis was <laughs> and she said well he's quite stocky lad I reckon he's got a quite a thick girth on him not so sure about the length but I reckon he can give it what for <laughs> Well, she was right, but it was just, you know, you don't want your mum to be chatting about, I mean, no, awful, awful, violent though. Violent. Did he pull your hair? (laughs) Why is my mum on stage? (laughs) Get off. You use that thing that you have on cheese counters. (laughs) (laughs) Still like that. Why are both my mums on stage? (laughs) gone to a dark place. Yeah, Hannah's Um, desperate to change the subject. (laughs) Would you rather be a young person when you were a young person or a young person now? (gasps) Julie. Well, this is really interesting because I've I've been talking to my daughter a lot about this recently because my daughter's 16, so she's in the middle of GCSE hell at the moment. And and I'm quite obsessed with this because I think it was much, much better for my generation. So I'm 48 now. So in loads and loads of ways, I had it much easier. You know, I was from a working class family and I was given like a full grant to go to drama school. All those things were in place. And that's that's irrefutable that, that things were much, much easier, you know, in terms of like the state looking after us. But but in terms of like social media and stuff, you know, I think that our generation tends to think of it as like a bad thing for young people. And I asked her about it recently and she said that it's a mix She knows that it's really addictive and she wishes sometimes it didn't have such a hold on her, but she really feels that she's learnt loads from it and that it's created this like worldwide community of particularly women, young women, who she learns from. And so she's taught me loads of stuff about her wave of feminism, actually, because, you know, all the intersectionality and, you know, where different sort of privileges overlap and stuff, she's all over that stuff. She's all over gender fluidity and non-binary. She's properly on it. And and she's got that from social media. And so she feels like very empowered by it. And she said that, she said a brilliant thing this week. She said, I think my generation's just much more accepting. I said, what of? She went, everything. (laughs) And she said, but your generation is still in charge, so we've got a way to go. That's amazing. And I thought, she said, so we're, we're just kind of hampered by us still. But I thought that was really, really interesting that she sees it as like a world that's opened up to her yeah. and that there's so much more possibility for her because of that. And knowledge and information and sharing and sisterhood, actually. Whereas I think that we tend to think of it, I'm sorry, I can't speak for anyone else here, but, you know, as like something that's like you know, really hard and, you know, and I talked to her about sex as well and said, you know, do you feel like the way that, you know, young people see sex now is too influenced by porn and everything? She was like, no, I think it's, I think it's fine. I think we can just talk about things in a much more open way now. So actually, you know, for her, in terms of a lot of things, she feels like things are are better. Wow. Wow. That's amazing, isn't it? it? Is it violent? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Didn't ask her that. I'll ask when I get on. <laughs> Tweet us the answer. Lou, would you be a young person now? 
Do you know, but now you've said that, then probably, because I hated uh, being a young person when I was a young person. Uh, but obviously, I'm 43, so still am young. <laughs> but, um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to laugh quite so cynically. <laughs> into the mic. And I, I hated it. I was bullied relentlessly at school, and I would, have, I would not go back there and repeat that ever, ever, ever again. But what you've just said, it's like, yeah, you're right. She's, my niece is, um, oh, God, 19. Oh, no, I'm really old. Oh, no. But she, she's exactly the same. She's, um, she goes off, uh, she went travelling to Canada when she was 16 on her own. She went, she just, she's always been massively independent. And like you were saying, she's learned loads from the um, social networking and the internet and everything that we didn't have. She's, she's just has always been massively independent, always been massively confident, which was something I never, ever was when I was younger. And even when I was 19, I would never have um, gone to... She's gone to... They live in... My family, sister and her kids live in Brazil. And she's gone to university on her own in Sao Paulo, which is, like, one of the most dangerous, apparently, countries in the world. And yet my sister worries that I live near Moss Side, um, yeah. uh, which is ridiculous. Um, uh, but she's gone off and she just... She wants to travel. She's... So, yeah, it's, it's amazing. If I would be a young person now, given everything that you've just said, it's, th th there's so much more at your fingertips, isn't there, to, to learn and you can... Oh, what's the... You know, you just have a quick question, you Google it, and then you, you can practically just go around the whole world by sitting at your dining room table having a little google yeah, yeah. but we could never do that and but yeah oh i know I it's know. amazing isn't it it's how great. old did you say your daughter was she's 16 yeah Flipping out. and she you know this like the, the gcse's this time are really hardcore and horrible and it's and it's you know it's been causing a lot of mental health issues amongst young people and stuff and and she did a biology exam the other day and uh, came home quite upset because of it and but it was it was viral because everyone in the country had had this terrible time and they were all on Twitter making jokes about it. It immediately made her feel miles better because she knew she weren't alone, you know. Whereas, you know, in our day, you'd just mm. have your phone like with the receiver stretched <laughs> as far as it could into your bedroom or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Are you still on that phone? Yeah, I'm just talking to my friend. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So it's, I think she sees it as much better. I don't completely see it that way, but yeah. I yeah. guess the world feels smaller. Yeah, it's easier to. Contact. I, I'm going to book the trend and say that no, I won't want to be in person. I wouldn't no. either, actually. Because I was also bullied relentlessly at school and the, the thought of that following me home and not having any respite from it, sure. which happens a lot on social media, yeah. is not a nice thought. I don't know if I made that clear. I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think I'd stick to mm. being a kid when I was a kid. And it wasn't easy, but I think there is that inability to switch off now yeah. that maybe we had and they, it feels a bit like they grow up a lot quicker than than we did yeah Hannah? no I I wouldn't want to be I mean I like say like you I came from a working class background I got a grant to go to university um I managed to crack journalism which is unusual for someone from a working class background and I own a house and I don't think any of those things would be possible for me Absolutely. given the cost of housing now given how local journalism was the way for working-class people to get into journalism, yeah. and local journalism is, is pretty much dead now. So I don't think I'd have... I mean, I, I've, I do feel lucky. I didn't get a full grant, but I got something. And I certainly didn't have to pay to go. No. Um, so I think I would struggle to have done the things that I did now. And also, 
I quite like I quite like the idea that when when we were t- last night we were trying to remember something and Mick said oh there's no way of finding out we could google it and I was like no I will use my memory I will I will try really hard and I think there's a certain element of like resourcefulness that came from your life when you were in a car and it broke down and you had no mobile phone and you thought oh I might have to have a crack at fixing this at the side of the road myself or something or I'm certainly going to have to find a way to get to a and now I think that everything is so easy, and I tried to resist it for such a long time. I didn't get a mobile phone till about 2003. I was like, no, I will not have one. But then eventually, like, you become entirely dependent on this bit yeah. of kit that now I'm, I'm like palpitating if I don't know where my phone oh my is God. and Hannah what I've done lose, with it. Hannah loses her phone about four times a yeah. day, yeah. and it like she literally just starts. <laughs> Where's yeah. my phone? Is it in your pocket? Because my whole yeah. life is in there. Yeah. And I, I sometimes search for mine when I'm on it. So I'll be walking down the street, yeah. and I always keep it in my jeans back pocket, and I'll be like, on the phone, I'll be like... Oh, I'm like that. <laughs> People must have got like, embarrassed to itch or something. I'm just slapping myself on the arse. So my mum, she was like, she Facebooked me, and she was like, oh, oh Mick, um, something's happened to my phone, uh, so if, if you want me, can you get me on here? And I'm like, is your phone wet, mum? She went, yeah, my phone's wet. And I'm like, did you drop it in the toilet again? And she's like... I dropped it in the toilet again. Yeah. Stop keeping it in your back pocket, woman. <laughs> She's like, I've learned this time. Third phone. Third yeah. phone. I went on a, um, uh, a writing retreat uh, in January and there was no um, Wi-Fi and there was no mobile phone signal. And I was so excited. About, and I was doing dry January as well. I mean, that's, that's a form of self-harm in itself. <laughs> so, but I went, I went away and I, it, it was... One of the best weeks I have had in years because I was just in the present and I can't remember the last time that I felt like that because I didn't have I didn't have that exactly that kind of like I was doing, doing my writing and I, I just thought, well, I can't Google and do my research, so I'm going to have to remember stuff and, yeah. and that took me down a completely different path with some of the th- writing that I was doing. People couldn't get to me, which was brilliant. Um, and it was we, I was stuck in this cottage, luckily with a, m- a brilliant group of people. Oh God, could you imagine if they were all bell ends? But we were we were stuck in this cottage. There was a, a power cut at some point. We were um, we were boiling water on the fire in the dining room to make cups of tea. It was proper like castaway. What was that Ben Fogel yeah. pro? You know, in the island. Oh my God! And I was just like, oh, I don't want to. Well. Well, there was there was one day that I had to leave because the water was pumped into the cottage uh, because from a stream, and so nobody could use the toilet. Um, <laughs> so I had to uh, to drive to the next town and have a poo in a garage. But other than that, <laughs> in a garage, like, like a petrol, yeah, petrol <laughs> station or like just someone's garage. Oh, it was <laughs> just on their drive. You leave I don't it unlocked. It's the, it's the risk you take. Yeah. You what? You leave it unlocked. That's <laughs> the risk you take. But yeah, it was brilliant. A week away of just being in the present. How often do we do that? We don't really, do we? No. Never. I think the other reason that I'm glad that I was a kid in the 70s and 80s is that I get all the references on Stranger Things. <laughs> And they must be lost for the children wearing the fucking T-shirts and their fucking ACDC t Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any of their albums? No. There you go. 
But I think it'll come back like a retro thing. There's a great film, I don't know whether you've ever seen it, called When We Were Young. It's Ben Stiller film. And it's like a, a, an older couple, sort of like my age. <laughs> Not that old. And, uh, and, they, and they meet oh, up with, with the, with with the, the young couple. Girls. Yes, yeah. with, uh, with Adam yeah. Driver. That's and it. they're really into the, the hipsters. And their way is to do exactly that, to remember things. Yeah. So they're like, oh, let's Google it. And, and, and it's just like, no, let's just try and remember. And, yeah. and they've got vinyl, you know, and everything. And, it is, and I think it will become fashionable, do you know what I mean, to, to issue all things technical. Yeah. And I think that will become a thing again, you know. Well, we had, some, we had some kids dig up some copper pipes in our street, so I didn't have broadband for three weeks. And for about the first two days, I was, like, living really sanctimoniously. And by the end of it, I was just sitting on my neighbour's doorstep trying to work <laughs> in the rain because she still had broadband and she was out. And I was thinking, this is just miserable. How, how can anybody be expected to live like this? So, so oddly, this is weird, I sent a tweet to BT Openreach uh, that said, if you don't hurry up, people are in danger of paying for porn round here. And then I went to a local council presentation Later, and um, for some reason, the guy said, "So, who's got a Twitter account?" Oh, I see, Hannah's got oh, one, hasn't nice. she? And they flick it up on the screen, and that was the screen <laughs> that they showed to a room with about four hundred people in it. And I was like, "Yeah, that's not great, is it?" Lou, yes. What advice would you give to your younger self? Oh, God. What I would advise myself, my younger self, don't buy the caravan that you think is a really good idea to purchase for an Edinburgh show in 2015 because whether you like it or not, it will get you pregnant. So <laughs> that's, that's the advice. Wow. And uh, part two of the question is, do you think she'd recognise you if you bumped into her today? <laughs> no. No. No? No. No. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't recognise me half the time when I get up in the morning. And I don't, I start, I just look at my face going, that's not my face anymore, is it? Oh no, you're making me feel things I didn't think I was gonna. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Okay. Julie? Um, oh God, I, I don't feel like I've changed at all. I feel like I'm almost, I feel like if people haven't seen me since I was seven, they'd go like, why are you? Really? <laughs> hey, Ezzy. <laughs> hey, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm very much the same person in lots of ways, which is a bit depressing, actually. But um, yeah, what would I tell my 16 year old self? I'd say, uh, oh, chill the fuck out. Stop it. You don't have to worry. Things are going to be all right. Someone will have sex with you eventually. <laughs> uh, it's all okay. Um, yeah, life will unfold as it's meant to, and you don't. And we have inhibitions for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to drink to get rid of your inhibitions. It, it that will make you like unsafe. Wow. Sixteen-year-old Lou. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Aren't you nice to yourself? Aren't you? Because I wouldn't. I w You're lovely. <laughs> To myself. <laughs> no, but you are, though. You're just, you're just flipping lovely, you are. Well done. Well, I've, I've worked so hard at being kinder to myself. Because yeah. we can't, you know, it's hard enough, isn't it? We've, yeah. we've, we've got to be like, yeah, yeah. Oh. She was, a, 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 my 16-year-old self was very religious. And I was a Sunday school teacher and the editor of the Ernest Street Baptist Church newsletter when I was 16. Ooh. 
fuck off. Yeah, I was very, very. So, and that actually, is the other way into journalism for much <laughs> of the last <laughs> yes, yeah. It's a form of local news. <laughs> and, uh, and I think that I, um, I think that that evangelistic spirit, and I had a full body immersion baptism when I was like, 12, do you know what I mean? It was proper Jeanette Winterson shit going on. Um, but, but I, you know, that gave me a sense of, like, wanting to be part of a community and, and, and this evangelistic spirit that, that I still have, but not for organised religion, though. Much more for sort of politics and social change, things like that. Do you know what I mean? It's in me, though. It's in me. But I remember reading a diary from when I was that age, when I had my first boyfriend, um, who I won't name, and, um, <laughs> and just going, like, and, we'd, you know, we'd had a bit of a fumble in the front room. And I remember very specifically... I was poorly and there was a church procession going on outside and, all. <laughs> and in the diary I thought I feel like I've let myself down <gasps> my mum and dad down and most of all Jesus <laughs> I have to be kind to her do you know what I mean I have to say it's, it's all right Jesus don't mind <laughs> Hannah what advice would I have for my 16-year-old self? Yeah. Yeah, nothing. That bitch is on her own. <laughs> um, she, yeah, there would be no point. She wouldn't listen. Like, I don't think 16-year-old me listened to a single person ever. And even and she would recognise me because I look pretty much exactly the same from the age of about three. Um, yeah, but no, she wouldn't listen to me because she'd want, need to make her own mistakes. And that's possibly a good thing. Oh, that's a cool answer. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. But no, I, I mean, yeah, I suppose in the, as in the question of am I where I thought I would be at this stage? Like, no, I mean, I'm not even where I thought I might be. Like, like five years ago, I can predict where I ended up now. It's sort of my life seems to have been a series of, oh, that's the thing that's happening now. Is it? Oh, great. OK, <laughs> I'll get on board with that until it doesn't happen anymore. So I don't think you can sort of plan. But I don't know. I didn't ever think that I'd be married with kids. I wouldn't be surprised to discover I'm not married and I don't have kids. I don't think that was ever on the... Uh... <laughs> what if your husband and kids are listening to this, Anna? <laughs> Sorry, guys. I had um, a chat with someone recently and we decided the idea of a, a five-year plan. You know, when people go, oh, what's your five-year plan? Is, is a very middle-class thing. Don't die. Yeah. That's basically yeah. it. You can't Stay even plan... alive is my five-year plan. can't even plan for that. But yeah, like... Coming from a working class background myself, it's like a five-year plan. You didn't fucking know, so you can't plan for that. And also, seriously, if you've got that kind of spare time, go for a pint. <laughs> Do something fun. Have a, have a touch a button for a bit. Do something. Well, that is my five-year plan. That is your five-year plan. <laughs> that is going to be sore, mate. You're going to need some pseudocreme on that. Yeah, mainly if I'm looking for my phone. And the only time with five years is when you'd look at the thing and go, oh, that's when that, that loan's paid off. Okay, great. That's when I can afford doing those things. Yeah, yeah not yeah. for any other reason. I think I'd tell my younger self to know her worth because I was, I was pretty shy. Um, I was pretty shy and I was picked on quite a lot and, and, and made it easy. The teachers made it easy as well. They made me wear a badge that said, don't pick on me, it's too easy. Oh, no. Seriously? <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, that's <laughs> the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't stop the bullying. Don't pick on me. Oh. Oh, we're going to have to stop for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> But I just tell her to know her worth and that being different and actually not fitting in at school it's probably mean that you're going to be a little bit unusual when you grow up and that might lead to some cool stuff. And also, just learn to say no to pricks because 
there's been too many of them. Just uh, not in a, oh, wait a minute, I made myself sound like a right slapper. But not that there's anything wrong with that. I don't know why I'm looking at you, Lou. I just, <laughs> listen, listen, it's been years since I've seen a sausage. I have to thank God for the internet. But yeah, I know. Well, thanks for that, mate. <laughs> Nothing wrong with loving yourself and other people on a regular basis. Hannah, have you got another question? <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> Do you look to the future with excitement or with like a so slow sinking sense of dread? <laughs> um, Please say excitement. It makes for a happier answer. Do you know what? <laughs> I, over the, because what's happened to me over the last few years um, in short, I was told I was going to get pregnant, then I got pregnant, then at five and a half months I had to terminate the pregnancy, blah, 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 which was horrific. Um, ever since then, I now don't plan anything because there's no point, because you, ha- you have to try and just be, don't you? And I've never thought I would ever be that person that is able to say that. And I guess with age as well, I I kind of feel a bit more... uh, Ever since that happened, I kind of think, well, fuck you pricks. Whereas before, I was a people pleaser and I always tried to, you know, put other people first before myself. But now, I'm like, oh, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Oh, it already has. So whatever tomorrow brings, well, I'll just deal with it then. So I can't really... I can't really say that. So, yes, excitement in trepidation as to the possibilities of what might happen, but it's just being in the moment, isn't it? That sounds a bit wanky, but I kind of mean yeah. it. So, yeah. Agreed. Julie? Um, I think that, oh, I suppose, personal stuff aside, really, I feel like we're on the cusp of a massive change in our world in our society and and that excites me i feel like we're things are changing at a real speed and and the whole thing that's happened with you know the me too campaign and time's up and and the way that um feminism is growing to embrace lots of different kinds of women from lots of different kinds of backgrounds and cultures and and sort of understanding that hierarchy of privilege you know that's becoming much more mainstream I feel like that's all moving us forward into a, a much better period in the world and I feel very hopeful and optimistic that things are going to change that we can't carry on like this. You know, I mean, I know we look to America all the time because we've got a bogeyman there that's really easy to point the finger at, but, you know, what's happening in our country is also really, really terrible right now. And I feel like young people are starting to be politicised again and to understand that they have a voice and that they can make change, and that excites me that they're going to be in charge and, and, and the future. So I sort of feel excited that, I see my daughters growing up and I think they're really cool and I think they're really smart and they're daft as well. Do you know what I mean? They're not like <laughs> cool in a in a like cool way. And I think they're gonna be and they're gonna be in charge and that excites me really. And and to grow old and to be able to see that change happening, I really feel like it's gonna happen and, and that, that does excite me and fill me with great optimism actually. 
Yeah, well, actually, I was just talking to Lou. We, we made a documentary about repealing the Eighth, um, the Eighth Amendment in, yeah. in Ireland. Listen to it, because it's such an important issue. Mm-hmm. And we interviewed so many just brilliant women from... The youngest was about 24. The oldest was probably in their late 40s, maybe. Yeah. And, you know, if it doesn't happen, which would be heartbreaking, and it doesn't get repealed... Come like, on, Ireland. Yes, come on. Ireland. Young people in Ireland have just been given like the greatest set of examples of how to be an amazing woman from these women. And you're like, it gives you real hope when, like, Sheena Carhill was like, she's 25, she runs the NUS in Dublin. And I looked at her and I thought, oh, fuck, to be that together at 25, I don't know how, like, I certainly wasn't. So, so yeah, when you, when you meet young people, when we met Lara Spirit from Our Future, Our Choice, the, Bre- the anti-Brexit group, and she's yeah. like 21, and we were completely blown away by There's her. So we many like, times that Hannah and I look at each other and just go, what the fuck did we do with our lives? Yeah. <laughs> what were we doing? Yeah. So, so, yeah, I, I, th- I think sort of optimism in part. I'm not quite so optimistic about the concept of ageing. That's <laughs> something else that, like, I'm pretty little, and I come from a family of little people, and I've learned we just get littler and littler <laughs> until yeah, we virtually too. just disappear. <laughs> and so I've got that to look forward to. My hearing's already shot, so I will be probably like your, na- like your grandma, just <laughs> yeah, like yeah. blind and, and, and just deaf and about get a that budgie. high. Get a budgie, yeah. you'll be fine. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. I think I change my mind every day, whether it's like the excitement bit or the slow-sinking feeling. Just, you know, it's now a common thing to wake up and just go, oh, what the fuck has that orange gibbon done now? And just, like, you check and, you know, something horrendous, basically, or, you know, forgotten how to spell his wife's name. And and sometimes, yeah, when we interview someone who's amazing and really young and they've got that voice and that enthusiasm, then it it makes me really excited. But, yeah, I think there's a lot of... There's a lot of switched-on young women, and I was not a switched-on at their age... But I just worry about the world that they're switched on to. Someone say something cheery. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, but, but it is. And, you know, I think it is. They, they are amazing and confident and empowered and political because they've had to be. And mm-hmm. that's unfortunate. You know, we talked about being able to be younger for longer, you know, and they've had yeah. to grow up faster. And, but, but it has given them this drive and this, uh, you know, this spirit to change things. And, and they're the making an they impact. Can. They're yeah. doing it, aren't they? We yeah. were chatting earlier to an American comic called Kate McCabe about gun control in the US. I was talking about Emily Gonzalez, who started... Yeah. The Amazing. campaign to, to not go into school. Let's not go into school. Let's do something about this. So they are taking it into their own hands, which is laudable. And again, what the fuck was I doing in yeah. my like, late teens, early 20s? I was smoking pot. That's what I was doing, just sitting around in my bedroom, like, listening to music and writing unimportant things down that I thought were important. Yeah. What was I doing? That's important too. All yeah. that stuff's well, important I thought too. So, it is. Yeah. That's made you the person you are. I just know, never reread like... any of that stuff because I'll probably want to die inside. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing worse than uncovering some of the pretentious awfulness that you wrote, that you wrote down. So it's in a your journey youth. you have to go on. Uh, I never used was to it... write a diary, but I used to read my sister's. <laughs> brilliant are you the elder or younger sister youngest okay. she fancied a bloke called Bruce who had a false leg and at a birthday party they gave him the bumps and pulled his leg off but she was my sister is a completely different person to me I know <laughs> and she saw details about how his legs started getting longer 
and for me and my sister she wouldn't she's we're so completely different and uh, she's very quiet and she's very unassuming she doesn't say fuck bugger or piss and she's really nice and and for Nicola that would have been mortifying going through that and so she never told anybody that that's what happened at the party to poor Bruce um (laughs) what did they do with his leg well, I don't know. Are they? She didn't write that bit down. No. Do you think she still got it? <laughs> she might have. I don't know. I, after that, I read her diary, and then I used to refer to him as Alloy Bruce because he had an alloy leg. And I used to say, I'd say, oh, have you seen Bruce to set today? And she'd go, oh, and I'd go, oh, say alloy for me. <laughs> because I couldn't tell her I'd, I'd read her diary. But she knew. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. If you could go out for a drink with any woman, who would you pick? Lou? Oh, Christ, don't ask me. Any woman? Yeah. Me? No. Oh. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> I came across this story the other day, very briefly, uh, about a woman called, oh, flipping act, what's her name? Dorothy. I uh, can't remember her surname. What? The, the journalist. Oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, on our podcast. Yeah, she was amazing. She was a, this woman was a Sapper journalist. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Sapper Dorothy. Oh, Sapper Dorothy. Dorothy. She was. Um, <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Disco nips. Woo woo. She. Ah, oh, her story is amazing. Yeah. She she was the journalist. Did you hear that on the Standard Issue podcast? No. Oh okay. No. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Can we just edit all of Lou out? <laughs> and what a brilliant story. I didn't realise that you'd story. covered that. But what? Uh, well, Al- Alison Vale, um, the author, wrote a book called... Um, no, what's it called? She Lives Here. A Woman Lives Here, yeah. Lived here. Um, she came onto our podcast and we said, just tell us some cool stories. And that was one of the ones she yeah. told oh, us. Oh, amazing. Yeah. How amazing is that, though, to be a woman and to be... Cause in can, a... You, can you give us a bit of background? Some of us don't know oh, the story. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, somebody <laughs> else doesn't listen to the standard issue oh, podcast. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So, yeah. Well, tell me oh. the story. You have to act it out. <laughs> <laughs> she was a journalist, and she decided that she was going to... Um, uh, get herself into World War One, and she uh, corseted herself up and dressed up as a, a, a bloke in the army and went in. She she had a few of the of the soldiers were on her side, so they got her the the, the kit and everything. And she tried to shave her face to give herself a little stubble rash and everything. And off she went, and she lasted ten days. Uh, it was ten days, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. And then she became really ill. But it, being a woman in a male environment like that trying to I mean and then they flipping well arrested her and then she went a bit bonkers apparently and when was no no they just had a committed she didn't go bonkers oh, they just did didn't know not? what to do with her she wrote a book but by oh the yeah time by the, the way book... this story doesn't end well uh, for women <laughs> uh, she wrote a book but by the time the book came out she got someone to publish it the war was over no one wanted to read about the war they didn't want to think about the war so she had no way of making a living and she became destitute. So she ended up committed and died in an asylum. Oh, I didn't realise that. I thought that she had... Oh. Sorry, Lou. <laughs> so we, you need to... You can still have a pine with her. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I'd have a stout with her. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. 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 Julie? Oh, it's a hard one, this, isn't it? Because a lot of people that you really admire 
wouldn't be very nice to have a pint with sometimes. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Do you know, I, I've like looked through my sort of like favourite sort of feminists from history and I think, oh no, they'd be really fierce. I'd be really frightened. Oh no, I agree. We were having a conversation the other day about whether or not one of us would like to interview Patty Smith. And I was oh, like, Patty Smith's mine. Like, That's mine. Oh no, no, I might be a bit scared of That's, her. That is, that, that she's my yeah. absolute, her books are my favourite books. Yeah. Her music's my favourite music. She's my absolute idol. But I think if I, I said something dickish better, in front yeah, of her, I think yeah. it's better just to leave her at arm's length and just to admire her and read her stuff rather yeah. than that. What if I got Save to sign a Angelou. photo twice? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, same Victoria Ward. Yeah, you know, it, it wouldn't be. So I don't know. So I think I'd probably like if if I was going to choose someone, it'd be like someone like Kathleen Moran or Lena Dunham, who I know is a very sort of you know divisive character. But I think they'd be. I think they'd be good company, yeah. do you know? And I like that they're self-deprecating and they're, they're feeling the way through it, like I am in a way, rather than like these elder states women of kind of whatever, you know, area they're working in who just like know it all. And you just have to be there just saying like, oh, you're just amazing. I don't think that's a healthy... I don't yeah. think that's a healthy pint-sharing relationship. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. Catelyn Moran and Lena Dunham look like they'd be solid drinkers as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's important in this scenario. I think that I'm pretty <laughs> yeah. certain that they are. Yeah. <laughs> Hannah? Um, yeah, actually, probably J- JLD, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. She is amazing. She's really talented, really funny. Yeah, she'd be, she'd be yeah. laugh, wouldn't and she? She's, yeah. been, she's dealt with like a really terrible like health problem in a really public and honest and helpful way recently. So I've got a lot of time for her. I don't know whether or not she'd want to come for a pint. Maybe she'd want to do something like have a cocktail. But, um, yeah, I think, I think JLD. Mick? I'd probably ask my grandma, because I feel like I didn't ask her enough questions when she was around. Damn you, I hate it when people say things like that. Yeah, You've done yeah. yours. Well, now I said <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want my grandma. Yeah. <laughs> now I, I said someone off it. I want your grandma as well. <laughs> she can come too. Um, but, yeah, we send me pictures of what you're doing because it's probably more exciting. My grandma wasn't much of a drinker. But she, like, lived an amazing life, and I just feel I just didn't make the most of her being around and ask those questions. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably go for a drink with her. And, and find out some stuff about my family that made me yeah. want to drink more, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> it is annoying when you realise what you didn't ask, actually, to be honest, of people. And you're just like, oh, Jesus. Well, actually, say Jesus. Like, about 95% of conversations with my grandma were about Jesus. And when I think now, I could have had that with anyone. Um, and she was doing most of the talking, to be fair. Um, yeah, and there's loads of things that it would have been nice to ask her about. Yeah, because we knew my granddad was poorly, he was like, seriously, do we have to get the photo albums out again? He's just, please just leave me alone. Stop asking me questions about stuff. Um, anything that you would, li- <laughs> you would like to plug? Uh, Lou? Yeah. Plug me, <laughs> please, somebody. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> God, I've got uh, nipples in my eye again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am doing uh, my Edinburgh show from last year. I'm doing it on the 28th of May um, at the Breadshed pub, which is um, off Oxford Road somewhere. And then it's really good. It's an amazing show. Oh, you definitely oh, should oh. see it. Thanks. And I'm also doing the Edinburgh Festival again um, with a show called At Least I'm Not Dog Poo Darren. Uh, which is on at 3.20 every day except the 13th. Do come to the Edinburgh Festival, please. Thank you very much. Thank you. (laughs) 
Uh, I too am going to be at Edinburgh. Oh, oh, be at sorry, we need best friends. I bloody love this woman. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the first time I've ever done it. So I'm doing oh, I'm doing a, a one-woman play that um, my, my husband wrote for me. <laughs> it's the patriarchy. Um, <laughs> I said to him, uh, I said to him a couple of Christmases ago, uh, oh, write me a play. He's a writer. <laughs> he's, not a, you know, he's not a brickie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of a little bit disappointed uh, yeah, by yeah. that. He used to be a joiner. Yeah. Um, so write, write me a play and, and make it non-age specific. And then like when we're in our dotage, we can just like travel the world with it, make it really low-tech, and, and we'll go like, oh, there's a little festival in Melbourne, let's take the play. And bless him, he disappeared over Christmas. He kept just, like, going off, and then he came with this play, and he called it The Greatest Play in the History of the World. Brilliantly, that's the title of it. It's really, really hard, because obviously he invites the two-word <laughs> review. It's not. Um, but, yeah, we did, a, we did a tiny little run of it at the Royal Exchange Studio last year, and we're doing it at Edinburgh, so I'm at the Travis, so I'm at all different times every day. And then we're doing it at the Royal Exchange when Ooh, we come back as well. So, so please, so come, come and see Lou and me, and I'll be yeah. able to see you as well yeah. at all different times. Yeah. <laughs> Hannah? Everything I'm doing sounds a bit rubbish now compared to that. Um, yeah, well, listen to the Standard Issue podcast if you don't already. We get released on a Wednesday. Um, we also have another event in... Oh, come on, think of the date. At the Waterside Theatre in Sale on June the 26th, and we've got mm. Shelley Lee Houston... Sean Gibson and our Sarah Millican is going to be there as well. And one of us two idiots. Yeah. Yeah. Not sure which yet. Whoever wins the fight in the car park. Oh, God. <laughs> Hannah. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Fuck. We've got to stop deciding things this way. Um, yeah, do listen to the podcast. Uh, you can find us at Standard Issue UK on Twitter and on Facebook and Instagram. We, we are failing to be down with the kids, but we do keep trying. And if you could just join us in thanking our brilliant guests, Lou Conran, Julie Eisenhouse, me and Hannah. Thanks very much for coming.